0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Casey. My name is Casey Sampson. Come on to you every Thursday at eleven o'clock to kind of look at the real estate market and what's happening today. We're going to talk about the two most important words in real estate, uh, which help guide us through a very complicated process to make it a lot easier. It helps sellers. It helps us achieve goals that we need to achieve. Um, you know, it's funny. I was um, I was just looking at MLS before I got out. And one of the tests of whether a market is good or bad is, you know, in the last 15 days, how many homes withdrew from the market? In other words, they failed to sell, sellers got frustrated, they just would review or expired. So how many homes failed to sell and how many homes sold, right? So in a market like this, that should be somewhere in the 90% range of success rate. So our success rate may go somewhere in the 96, 97, but it really should be in the 90% range in this market, right? 43% of the homes on the market withdrew unsold, 43%. So 43% of the homes fail to sell when there's no competition. And basically in a lot of our markets that we look at, most markets we look at, um, there is no competition how did you fail to sell how did you not sell that house right so i'm a little flabbergasted i know why i know exactly why it's the same old reason uh people get greedy or agents get uh, it's operator error right so the seller may want to list it he sees a neighbor sell for a certain price he wants the same price uh, a hungry realtor that really wants to get a listing says okay let's put on for that price And it's overpriced and the market rejects it. The market is not stupid. I mean, the market is smart. The buyers are smart. They're just hungry, right? But they're not going to do something stupid. So you have to be careful about what you do, right? So these two words are the most important words you can have, at least in real estate, in our our negotiation, and hopefully in whatever you do for a living. The two words are, sounds like, sounds like. 90, not 90, maybe 50% of the deals that we walk into, there's a problem. I mean, there's a real problem. There's a death, there's a divorce, there's a lost job, there's a possible bankruptcy, there is a business failure, there is loss of job. Um, You know, sometimes and or they could have a child that's in in terrible danger somewhere else. So let's say they have a a daughter who lives down in Florida. She's with an abusive relationship. You know, he's getting, you know, whatever, whatever, they got to get down to their daughter. There could be suicides. There could be all sorts of things. So when we go in, I'd say probably 50 percent of the time, everything is everything is the way it should be. And it's just somebody moving up or moving down, retiring and moving out. Um, But other times it's, it's a little more serious. And, and what happens is the, um, the goals change, right? So our goal, we're trained that we're going to get the highest possible price, the best possible terms in the shortest amount of time. And, because we get 108% of a list price, whereas the market is 101. We get 126% of assessment when it's the market is 119. Our average days on market is five when the rest of the market is 50. So, so they do the job and they're, that's what they're tra- That's what we're all trained to do on my team, okay? Sometimes that's not exactly the goal of the seller, all right? So we need to have empathy. And if you're Samson Realtors, and I know I have a lot of you that watch this show, You need to have empathy when you walk in and start talking to sellers and the two words we use that help us a lot are it sounds like it sounds like you just need to make it as less complicated as possible it sounds like there's a problem what is the problem you know it seems like there's some tension what's 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 going on and then let them pour out i mean our job is to, we, we can't solve the problem unless we know what the problem is, right? I mean, real estate is problem solving. We're not psychiatrists, we're not accountants, we're not attorneys, we're not babysitters, you know, we're not negotiator. we're all of those. I mean, we gotta do all of it. So we can't solve the problem unless you know what the problem is. What's the problem? What's your goal, right? Uh, Cliff Dumas who used to coach with me We used to, he had a saying that said, if we're gonna tell a lie, we're all telling the same lie, which means we're all gonna be on the same page. And I think as long as the sellers understand that we're all on the same page, then we can construct a plan to move forward and to move forward together, right? And and when things get hairy, and again, I I show you, there's a teeter-totter. And when you start with sellers or you start selling your house, Sometimes we're on a very steep teeter totter and our job is to bring the teeter totter down, understand what it is that's driving this anxiety, put together a plan to solve that and execute the plan. And every time anxiety gets up, no, you, you know, you pull out that, the late night radio talk show host and you just say, no, this is, you know, this is the plan, calm everybody down because as a football coach, we know the more exciting a game gets. The calmer a coach needs to be. You can't lose your mind. You got to be very calm. As soon as you become a fan, as soon as you become angry, as soon as you get excited, as soon as you start, you know, and and when you're excited, you become a fan, not a coach. So, and and realtors are your coach. So realtors are going to remain very calm because should we make a mistake, it's going to cost somebody tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. It could cost somebody, well, There are records of of it costing people 10% of the value of their contract, you know. We had a contract for $835, Um, they got, this was years ago, they got crazy, um, got greedy. And um, so we decided not to work together and they went with someone else. And before you know it, not only did they lose value in the house, but they got stuck with some massive home inspection bills. So they lost $80,000. I mean, to people that aren't making any more money, that are retired or living on what they have, they can't afford to lose $80,000. And that was five years ago, six years ago. So we can't afford to lose money, right? So we need to have a plan. We need to remain calm. And we need to execute the plan. And in order for us to execute a plan, we need the word, sounds like we need to have empathy we need to investigate we need to find out what is the issue I mean we have had sellers just freak out over very simple things that really there was no cause for that but you could tell the anxiety level is so hot we had to it, it sounds like you're really upset about it. I mean you know it's just what what's going on you know You know, seems like you're really anxious about something. And then all of a sudden they'll start opening up and talking and we'll understand. And I think that the more they talk, the more that we understand, the more we all feel we're on the same page and then we need to readjust our strategy and move forward. But, you know, again, sounds like, seems like those are the most important words, because that's what tips us off that we have a problem and and we don't have a little problem. we got a problem. Um, In a divorce case, which is, you know, maybe 20, 25% of our stuff, you know, these people are not the only people going through a divorce. There's a lot of people going through divorce, but there's a different process that you do. There's a different way you prepare the house. There's a different way you communicate. There's a different way that you present everything. It has to be a lot more detailed. It has to be one for each and every detail has got to be covered. Why? Because everything is under legal scrutiny, right? So if it's under legal scrutiny, then we need to we need to paper everything. We need to document everything. You need to get—I mean—it's a whole different ballgame when we're dealing with a divorce than, than when we're dealing with death. So sometimes somebody has passed away, or somebody's left their home and now they're living in a in a um, assisted living. Very difficult, you know. This is the family home. The kids are in charge. Um, one kid usually takes the lead. One sibling takes the lead. And that sibling doesn't wanna make a mistake, right? And I think that the the number one biggest mistakes are made with siblings because it's it's not their home, but they're really trying to protect everybody and everything and they don't wanna make a mistake. And um, this is very new for them and it's mom's and dad's house. And and, uh, so you kind of really have to get them, you have to earn their trust so they can understand. And that's why you need to document that as well because now we have heirs that we have to deal with. And every one of them has a different opinion of how things should be done. And that's, that's a little more difficult. So, you know, death or, you know, moving on with the family estate, um, divorce, death of, of some sibling or, or some child um, or just a distressful situation. So, so I know I have a lot of realtors that are talking that, are, that listen to this show or, you know, tune in later on. So empathy, what are we dealing with, right? What are we dealing with? Let's all get on the same page. Let's set a strategy. Maybe we won't replace all the knobs. Maybe we won't paint the house. Maybe we won't fix these things up. Now we're trained to do that because if you paint and put on new doorknobs, you're going to get, you know, seven times your money back or 10 times your money back. And for some people that getting the maximum amount of money out of this house is critical. Well, I don't have 7,000 to fix up the house. We do, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We do, we've got, we've got money to fix up a house. So we don't want lack of having seven. And sometimes people don't want to admit that. Well, we're not going to fix anything. Well, okay, that's fine. It sounds like you want to save money, right? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, we don't save money. We don't want, to right, okay. So if you could bet $7,000 and you could at worst, let's say go to Vegas and you bet $7,000. And in worst case scenario, you're gonna get back 15,000 bucks. That's worst case. But in best case, you could get back $70,000. Do you make that bet? So I'll make that bet. Yeah, I make that bet every day. So. Because the track record is proven that if you invest that $7,000, you're gonna get back 50, 60, $70,000. And that happens every day. So so there again, you know, a, a realtor may say, a, a seller may say, I'm not fixing up anything. I'm not gonna fix up anything in this house. Okay. Oh, well, I'm not gonna push you then let's not do it. Okay, we just lost 70,000 bucks. I don't like losing $70,000. I don't like losing $70,000 for my clients. i might get that $70,000, right? Sounds like money's important to you. Yeah, it's all I got. I'm retired. You know, I got a certain amount of money. I have a pension. That's um, all I got. Okay, got it. So $70,000 would be important to you. Yes. You can't lose 70 grand, right? Right. Well, if we invest seven, we're going to get back 50, 60, 70,000 bucks. Well, to be honest with you, I don't have the 7,000 bucks. No problem. If that's the problem, we can fix that. We just need to find out what is the problem. If we prepare the house, we have the proper pricing strategy, and we have the right marketing plan, and we do the right predictive analysis, we're going to get 8% over our, historically, we're going to get 8% over list price, we're going to get seven percent more money than the rest of the market gets based on the percentage of assessment. So we already we already know that, okay? So on a million dollar house, seven percent is seventy thousand dollars, right? So on an eight hundred thousand dollar house, what is that? Fifty six thousand dollars. So the question is, can you afford to lose seven percent of the value of your house? You know. And 1.3, that's, let's call it a, a hundred thousand bucks. Well, we've got a hundred thousand, 150,000, 170, 175,000, 250,000. Uh, our average in uh, June was 137,000 over less list price on eight properties. So let's just, let's just blow that off. There's a lot of money at stake. And what's preventing us from getting that money sometimes is two words. sounds like that's important to you it seems like that's important it seems like money is important to you that's why you don't want to spend it it sounds like there's something it sounds like the, it sounds like there's a lot of anxiety what what what's what's really happening or you use mirroring where they'll make a statement and they'll make a short statement and there's a, there's a mile left in that statement and they just Kind of stopped it. Well, there's some problems. And then you start mirroring problems. Well, yeah, my daughter is getting beat up by a husband. He's down there. They got a baby and he's got a drug, drug problem. Oh, yeah, he's got a big drug problem. He does this and does that. Before you know it, we're branching into a tree down this road, which helps us understand what is the problem. We can't fix the problem. And design a str- one strategy doesn't fit everybody. We need to design this pricing strategy, design a marketing plan, design the preparing of the house for what is your problem. And I need to know that if if somebody, if something comes up and you freak out that we're ready for that and we don't lose the contract because of that. Now we've only done one appraisal right? We've only done one appraisal this this year, 75 transactions. Believe it or not, we've done one appraisal. Now, each house has to have an appraisal to get financing, but only one contingent on that appraisal. So on that appraisal, uh, we're looking at 1.49 million is the contract price. The appraisal comes back at 1.3 million, right? We, we, we got the buyers up to 1.49. House only worth $1.3 million, you know, and the seller is beside herself that, you know, the buyers are even thinking about it. Well, guess what? If we lose that buyer, we go back on the market, we're not getting the 1.3. So I literally have 130, $150,000 at stake here, $190,000 at stake. So we're not that, well, it sounds like you really need that money. Well, yeah, we've got to have every now, I don't know. Okay, well, If we lose the contract, right, then we got to go back on the market. We have to, you know, we don't have to disclose it was 1.3, but we got to, you know, they're going to want to know why did our contract kick out? Well, your next contract's coming in at or below list price. That's 1.3 million. Nothing we can do about that. So we can't get back on the market. We cannot go back on the market. We have to cut a deal. We have the perfect buyer. Now let's flip this around. Now we've talked about the seller okay and how we you know how the seller needs to come out and we need to get this information so we can help come with a strategy let's flip that onto the other agents okay so right this second we have two houses we usually launch about two or three houses a week and we have a bunch of people that are favoring it a bunch of people that are showing it oh hackers breaking loose right well this same strategy works when you're talking to the agents that are bringing in their clients they're more than willing to tell you about their client all right so our agents are very skilled at pulling information out of that selling agent where are they coming from how many kids do they have have they had any contracts before are they just starting looking and the agents, blah 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 blah. Well, all this information is going in here. And we're cooking it. And by the way, that one point three million dollar uh, listing that sold for one point four nine that appraised for one point three, I knew through this interrogation that it's the only house the two of them have agreed on in the last five years. They've been looking for four or five years. It's the only house they both agreed on. They both love it um they put in some contract but you know one doesn't like it so they don't they're not willing to bid one for worth. i got the right buyers i mean there's no doubt about it so when we're playing chicken of uh they came back and said the contract is or the appraisal is 1.3 we want 1.3 using the information that we pulled out of them i know they're not going anywhere right probably not going to spend 1.49 million, but they're not going to get it for 1.3 million. We're going to end up somewhere in a fair range. Okay. Fair range. So, you know, we get our own appraisal. We go back. We're just trying to be fair. We're just trying to be fair. So part of the negotiation is we want to be fair. We don't want anyone, anyone getting emotions involved, no emotions. Let's do what's fair. We got an appraisal. We agreed to this, and before you know it, you've negotiated one point three million, a one point four three million. So we're still one hundred thirty over list price, right? And we got there because we interrogated the agent. We know who the agents are. We know what they're thinking. Let me give you another example. We had one where it was one point four million dollars, and in the in the, they're the only people that were looking at the house. That 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 that's all we really had. So Kelly, in talking with the agent, finds out they've already lost three or four houses. That's very valuable information. So they bring in a contract at $1.4 million. It's a full-price contract. It does have a home inspection. It does have an appraisal. We send it back to them and say, sorry, no escalation. And they had an escalation clause. They, they don't want to lose the house. This is what the agent tells us. They don't want to lose the house. Okay. They really like this house. This is perfect for them, okay? So they bring us in the contracts, $1.4 million. Kelly says, sorry, no escalation clause. We need your highest and best offers. We're going to present contracts to the seller at 12 o'clock. That's our standard protocol, 12 o'clock on Monday. I need your highest and best offer. They come back 30 minutes later, $1.55 million, no home inspection, no appraisal. They're the only contract. So they're bidding against themselves. Now, how did that start? Well, it sounds like they like the house. Oh my God, they love the house. Oh my God, and you know they they saw a house like this, they bid on it, they didn't get it. They're very frustrated. They're not going to lose this one. You know they really want this house, and it all started with the three the two magic words, and that is sounds like they like this house. Sounds like this is a good house for them, right? Sounds like, seems like, whatever. It's called labeling, you know. It's You can either mirror or you can label but what we're trying to do is we're trying to gather information we're trying to build a strategy with this agent that can get their client the house they want their client to have the house they don't care what they pay they want their client to have the house um we want the client to have the house i do care what they pay um so you know pulling this information out of selling agents is critical part so it's both ways we need to know what the seller wants, needs, um, what the problem is, the buyer, agent, we need to know more about them because there's gonna be a contract negotiation. I don't mean one contract negotiation. There's gonna be like three or four contract negotiations. And we have to know how hard we can push. (laughs) Let me give you an example. (coughs) Swallowed wrong, sorry guys. So, in each one of these negotiations, we need to know how hard we can push. We have the so negotiation. Well, they found it. So, we can do. We want to. You, do? Do you want to get out of contract? Do you want to go back out there where there's no other houses? They finally got something under contract. Is that really what they want? No, of course not, right? So, we negotiate throughout. Sometimes there's. You know, a problem, a flood, um, an inspection, uh, you know, and then we just go right to the right to our keyword, which is protocol. There's a protocol for that. We have something break. We have it fixed by a licensed contractor. We have it inspected to make sure it didn't do, you know, you know, we find it, fix it and inspect it, period. No, ifs, and's and buts. Everything's above board. Everybody knows what it is. We don't want to sell a defective house. We don't want to sell something wrong. Find it. Fix it, inspect it, basic protocol, no reason for anybody to get excited and communicating that to the buyer and communicating that to the seller means that we're all gonna be fair and we're not gonna, you know, a seller may want, again, let's get to the empathy part of this. A seller may want you to negotiate on their behalf, be a tough negotiator. So we, we had one, where you know they get one hundred fifty thousand over list price, and uh, and then something ha- oh something happened I forget what it was and and the seller goes you're not negotiating on our behalf this is ridiculous you're, you know you're you're favoring the buyer it's like no I'm favoring trying to keep the one hundred fifty thousand bucks I want to keep the money we don't want to lose that money so there is a point where negotiations are important where you want to be tough but you know when you're negotiating they don't think you're being tough they think you're being fair right. fair so we show them what's fair now i'm the one dictating what's fair i'm the one putting the prices on i'm the one that's that's in control i'm the one that you know i'm just trying to be fair i'm not trying to piss anybody off i'm not trying to over negotiate and like i said i think the last oh the last uh, Coffee with Casey I did was something about the power of being nice. If you're an agent and you're trying to negotiate hard, you're out. Next. Next. Get the next agent in here. Get them the hell out of here. You bring in a contract and you want to jam it down these sales throats. They're going to take you're out. See you next. Because if you're willing to try and jam a contract down before we sign, what kind of a knucklehead are you going to be when it's over? When you. When you have the contract, then like we're bringing in inspectors. We're going to look at it. we got some serious problems, undisclosed issues. Uh, the appraisal came back. We need to readjust. Next. We are not going to do that. We're not going there. So if you as a buyer or a seller are looking for a tough negotiator, you need to find somebody else because they're a problem and, and everybody knows it. We work together, we do what's fair. We put people in a situation where they have to over bid on houses. We definitely do that in order to get them. We do highest and best offers that, you know, the, the, the seller goes, where's the magic? It's like, that is the magic. First three days, 150,000 over less price. That's the magic, that's it. You prepared it, We priced it right, We marketed it right. We looked at the, uh, we looked at the predictive analysis. You got the bids in, we want the highest and best offers, it's 150, it's over list price, it's no home inspection, it's nothing. You had one buyer, that's the magic. Ta-da! So where does all that come from? It comes from two words, sounds like, man. We use it a lot, we use it a lot. So, you know, I would just say that if you're an agent and you're, you're, um, if you're an agent, you need to know how to strategically use those words, you need to strategically use mirroring uh, techniques, and that is only to gain information you need to build a plan that we get the maximum amount of money in the shortest amount of time for our clients. And if I was a selling agent, I would be more, sounds like, to the listing agent, trying to get more information out of them, which can help you build your contract. But this is no place for people that are not nice. Like I said, Danny has five, probably 5,000 agents at Samson Properties right now. It is number one in the Fairfax, Loudoun County, Prince William County. And he only had two rules. Be professional and be nice. And it's amazing how everything comes around that by being nice. And again, our number in Vienna is about by January 1, I mean, by October 1, we will probably in Vienna have $64 million settled in Vienna. And the next closest person to us is about 14. So that's what nice, that's what strategy, that's what having a good uh, pricing strategy, marketing plan, predictive analysis. That's what happens when you get a track record. And that's what happens when you use empathy with the sellers to understand what is the problem, how do we build a platform to move forward and what's gonna be our triggers that may cause anxiety, may cause you to be upset, um, and and make a mistake. So we just need to go over that that we can't get upset when we're negotiating. We can't get upset as we're moving on to settlement. The last thing we want is a deal to get unhinged somewhere along the way, right? We want to keep that deal active and keep it going. If the house goes back on the market. That's a bad thing. Again, one last thing. I know I'm running out of time, but the use of that negotiating strategy of having backup contracts behind that initial contract is critical because 25% will kick out. And when they do, you slide that slide that second contract in without anybody, you know, without going back on the market. So, you know, that kind of being nice keeps everybody in the game until the deal is done. And that is Thursday morning coffee with Casey My time is up. You can catch me, not next week. Next week, I'm going to be catching marlin off the in the Outer Banks and uh, and some ahi-mahi and play a little golf. So not next Thursday. Thursday after that at 11 o'clock, I'll come back. We'll talk about whatever. And and let me tell you something. My email address is casey at caseysampson.com. If you have an issue, a problem, a question, or anything that you want, send it to me. I'd be happy to discuss it on the next Coffee with Casey. And we can flush out any problems, issues you have. That includes Samson agents. That includes any sellers or buyers or anybody that's having questions or problems in the real estate market. Go ahead and give us a call. Or send me an email, casey at caseysampson.com. No P. Or you can call me 703-508-2535. We'll see you again next week. Uh, not next week. We'll see you the week after. See you. Good fishing. See you guys.